it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio. For centuries, eyewitnesses have reported seeing giant creatures in the woods of North America and beyond. These forest giants have been known by many names including Sasquatch, Oma, Yowie, Yeti, and their most commonly used name, Bigfoot. Join us as eyewitnesses share the details of their encounters with these forest giants on the show. And now your host, Vic Cundiff. Hi everyone, I hope you had a great Christmas and hope you have a great new year. Tonight's guest is Jake Thompson. Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, Vic. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. We've got quite a few encounters to talk about tonight, Jake, so let's jump right into it. Let's talk about this first Bigfoot encounter you had. Well, the the very first time that we kind of had something unusual happen was, I want to say it was maybe two, two and a half years after we had been living up here in this area. And, uh, for the first little over a year that we lived here, not, not long after we got here, I, uh, was, I, I just had kind of a stupid accident in the woods and it left me where I was really bad injured for about a year. And so I didn't really get to go out and do a whole lot of exploring or get to sit outside much or anything. So this was kind of the, the first little bit that, that we were getting to just kind of enjoy living up here as far as the outdoor stuff. And uh, it was me and my older brother. He's about four years older than me. I think I was, I want to say like 16 or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but it was somewhere around there. We were uh, we were sitting out in our yard, which our, our yard now is completely surrounded by woods on on every side. And we were sitting out probably... 50, 60 yards from our uh, front porch. And what we were doing is we were just burning some miscellaneous stuff like limbs that were in the yard and, you know, just some different things like that. And we had this fire going probably about 10 yards from the wood line. And it was just starting to get dark. It wasn't completely dark yet, but it was just, just kind of starting to get there sort of in the twilight of the day. But uh we were sitting there just kind of, talking and carrying on about whatever and out of nowhere something throws a rock and it lands in the fire and the rock was about half the size of a football you know it was pretty big so our first thought was hey there's somebody 
out here in the woods messing with us because obviously an animal wouldn't throw a rock at you. But so we jump up and we start walking over there and we're and we're saying stuff. We're like, hey, you know, who's who's over there? What are you doing? You know. And as we start getting closer, we get about halfway to the wood line, and and again at this point, it's just dark enough where you can kind of see in the yard, but where the wood line starts, it's just sort of black behind there. You know, you couldn't really see in there. So as we get close and we're trying to get a look at whatever it was that threw the rock, it lets out this weird, weird noise. And it was it, it, it was obvious that it wasn't like a person or anything like that trying to mimic it because it was so deep. You know, it was a noise that when we heard it, it just made us stop. It's like we just involuntarily stopped walking and didn't even realize it. It was one of those noises that you could feel in your chest. It was very deep and very bassy. It wasn't real super loud, but it was just really weird. And it, just, it sounded like it was from an animal that had massive lungs. After it lets out that noise, we hear something take off in the, in the other direction and start running. And we hear these heavy, heavy footfalls that's in a two-legged pattern. Boom, 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 boom. And it wasn't... And it wasn't probably two or three seconds. It was too far away for us to hear it. So whatever it was, it was really big, and it covered a lot of ground on two feet really fast. So after that happened, me and my brother just kind of looked at each other like, what in the world, you know? What what, what in the world supposed to be living up here that can do that? Because it hadn't really dawned on us at that point what it could really possibly be. So that was pretty much the first time that anything weird had happened, and then it just kind of became a regular after that. You told me in the pre-interview that after that first encounter, you became obsessed with the topic of Bigfoot. You started researching it as much as you can. Did your brother react the same way, or was he kind of put off by it? Well, he I don't know that he was put off by it, just he was a lot busier person than I was because I was staying at home. I, I had like some little part-time jobs here and there during the day, but he had a factory job in a place that was about an hour away from where we lived, so he stayed pretty busy. But he definitely knew at that point that it was that it wasn't something conventional like a bear or you know a deer or something that you know he, he knew that it was something else. And after I had you know did quite a bit of research on it because I was really curious to know what kind of animal has the ability to to throw something and make a noise like that. So I got online and listened to a bunch of different recordings of different animals that might live around here and nothing fit. I mean, even, you know, I, you know I'd listen to like a bear and a cougar and somebody suggested I look up a fox and all these different animals and nothing sounded anything like that. So at, at that point, I started turning my attention to to the to the Bigfoot thing, and I started reading and seeing that you know other people would say that they would you know had seen them throw rocks and just different stuff that fit, you know just different people saying that they had seen or you know heard or experienced the same type of thing that I did. So that's when I started being open to the possibility that that's what it was. Since up until that point you hadn't experienced any Bigfoot activity there in your life, period. When that rock came flying into the fire like that, did you instantly think person, and that's why you and your brother walked to the tree line? What was in your head at that moment? Well, 
where we live, it's really, really far out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, you have to go down a dirt road for several miles before you even get to our driveway. And then you drive down the driveway for a while and you eventually get to our house. But, yeah, it, we, we just assumed it was a person because obviously an animal can't throw a rock. So we just jumped up and started walking over there because it would just be suspicious that someone would be out there in the woods anyway. You know, in my mind, I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe somebody I know came up and they're pulling a prank on me or something, you know, or who knows. But anyway, it, it was just something that we both, you know, obviously felt that we needed to investigate a little bit. So we got up and started walking over there until it made us stop. I can see you thinking that until that bassy growl came pouring out of those woods. <laughs> After that, all bets were off, huh? Oh, yeah. It, it, it wasn't the last time that I heard it, and it wasn't the most intense time that I heard it, but for that being the very first time, it was, yeah, it kind of rocked us both. Well, it wasn't a pleasant experience, but it could have been a lot worse being your introduction to the world of Sasquatch, so... I guess in a way you guys did get lucky. Oh yeah. From the obvious size of that thing, it could have been worse. Oh, it sure sounds like it. Well, with your second experience, your brother wasn't there, but a friend was. Please tell us about what happened with that encounter. This was some months later. You know, we hadn't heard or, you know, seen anything since then. Me and this buddy of mine, he's like, a couple of years younger than me were, you know, we're pretty close to the same age, but we were just out and we had a campfire going. I think it was like a, probably like a Friday night or something. Cause I remember he didn't have school the next day and we were just out sitting by the campfire, just kind of joking around. And he's a, he's a very musical person. And I think he had like a ukulele with him and he was kind of picking on it and goofing around and hollering, you know, just doing, you know, just, I guess like nor normal kid stuff, just being goofy, you know. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And at this point, we're at the completely opposite end of the yard than we were the first time the rock got thrown at us. So we're, you know, quite a ways from that area over there. And 
I wasn't thinking about, you know, anything weird happening, any any type of Bigfoot stuff or nothing like that, because, you know, we were just out there enjoying the night. So we had this little fire going, and we're just goofing off and laughing, and we hear something coming from behind this old barn that's sitting against the wood line, and it's, uh, I don't know, we, we were probably maybe 40, 50 yards from this barn, and then directly behind this barn, the woods start again. And we hear something that, it didn't really sound like anything that I could put my finger on, but it was close to like how almost like a baby would cry. It was like a weird type of baby crying. And at this point, I'm thinking that it could be, you know, maybe like a cougar or like a fox or something, because I had been listening to recordings, but it didn't really sound quite like that. It, it, it's, it's hard to describe, but you just have to be there. So we get up, and, you know, we're really intrigued because we were getting a little bit bored. So we start walking over to the barn because this noise sounded like it was coming from right behind the barn. So we start walking down that direction, and we're going through the tall grass. You know, the grass was probably about at our knees at this point. So we're kind of trekking through there, and we get probably where we're 10, 15 yards from the barn itself, and then something throws a rock at us. And I instantly think, oh, my God, this is the same thing that was messing with me and my older brother over here. So it throws the rock at us, and I look at him, and I say, hey, this is what I was telling you about. This is, this is the same thing that happened over there. So he kind of hangs back, and I take a few steps closer just to see what will happen. And it lets out a sound, but this time it was a lot louder than the first sound that me and my brother had heard. This was almost like a roar. It was, if I had to describe it, it would be like if you crossed a lion, a gorilla, and a bear. I mean, that's really what it sounded horrible. And it was not that far from us. And at this point, it was completely dark because it was a little later in the day. But it was completely dark, and this thing lets out this roar. Again, super bassy, super loud. Obviously, a gigantic set of lungs was making this sound. And then you hear something just burst out of the wood line. It, when I say that, I mean it like was breaking trees as it was coming out. It was being obnoxiously loud. And you could hear it come through some of the thickets that was between us and it. And it got, I mean, in the time that it took me to turn around and start running, it was like halfway. It was halfway to us. I never got a good look at it, but, yeah, it was something really, really huge. And it, and it charged us. And then it stopped, like, at, after we turned around and started moving the other direction, it stopped. And, of course, we didn't stop and look back or anything, because, I mean, it's, I don't know, it, it, it would, it, it sounded like it was like an elephant charging or something. It was huge. And this noise that it made was just awful. So we turned around and we head back in the house, and, yeah, we were pretty freaked out by that, but, that made me a lot more curious after that. I was going to ask you, after an experience like that, the second unnerving experience, if that might have kind of put you off the subject, but it sounds like it had the opposite effect. It made you even more obsessed with Bigfoot. 
Yeah, it's, at, at that point I was really starting to convince myself that that just had to be what it was. Because in my mind, you know, just the most logical train of thought is it's not a person. It's obvious that it's not a person from these noise that, these noises that it's making and how big it is. And it can throw rocks. What else in the world can throw a rock at you? And that's not a person that can make those noises. So that's, yeah, I'm, I wasn't completely convinced that that's what it was. But at that point, I was very, very open to the possibility that that's what it was. Well, if it's making sounds like that, but is still able to throw a rock, that does limit the possibilities of what it could be. So, yeah, that's not a comforting situation to be in. You said it definitely did explode all the way out of the wood line toward you, didn't you? Yeah, it did. If it did that and you weren't able to see it, why was that? It was just very dark. It was just dark. The only light that there was was from the little campfire that we had. Because, you know, we, we, we had the fire just in the corner of the yard, so we didn't bring lights or anything. So we were just just out there goofing off, and we heard something. We went to sort of investigate it a little bit just to see what it was, and then all that other stuff happened. So, it, I mean, it was just it was just the situation. We just didn't have flashlights with us or anything, and the, the light of the fire wasn't reaching all the way to the barn, so we couldn't really see what it was. If anything, I think the fire kind of hindered our ability to see it because we had been sitting there looking at that all night. And, you know, the the things that you could see in the fire, you could see it well, but the things that the fire left in the shadows was extra dark, if that makes any sense, just because our eyes weren't able to adjust. And like I said, after I heard something that big making that much noise tearing out towards us, we both had no hesitation to turn around and take off. Yeah, I can't say I'll blame you there. Yeah, if you guys had been staring into the camp TV like that for any period of time, your night vision would have been shot, so that doesn't come as a surprise that you weren't able to make out anything. If you didn't see it, you wouldn't know for sure exactly how close it got at its closest point, but judging from what you guys heard, how close do you think it was at its closest? Too close. No, <laughs> uh, it... <laughs> I would say, just because I know that area right there, if we were 15 yards from the barn, it was probably just on the other side of the barn. So maybe it was maybe 25 yards, 30 yards away. Yeah, that is too close for comfort. Yeah, (laughs) too close. Yeah, I don't subscribe to the idea that Sasquatch or monsters. It's just the whole thing that you just don't know what they're going to do. There are plenty of instances where they've been almost friendly, apparently, if you can take what the eyewitnesses have shared at face value. There have been other instances where it would seem that they're almost malevolent, but I guess it's probably no different than with people. You never know. One person might be a kind soul, and the next person you run into might be a serial killer, so... I think you probably are wise in a situation like that to beat feet and get out of there. Well, over the years I've done as much research as I can on other great apes, and the behavior pattern kind of fits. Because, I mean, you'll you'll see like a a silverback gorilla, for instance. It has the ability to be really gentle and accepting of people being around its family group. 
but obviously it's something that you have to respect a lot because it could turn that switch really quick if it feels like it's threatened or anybody in its group is threatened. It can obviously tear you up. And I think that that just comes with the territory of any of any superior animal like that. You know, he doesn't necessarily have to be scared of you that much because he knows he can take you. But on the other hand, he's not going to put himself or anybody in his group at risk just because of his own curiosity. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, yeah, I I don't think that they're out to get people, but I think they can be dangerous if you push it too much. Yeah, I think it is best in a situation like that to be cautious. You don't want to wind up with your arms and legs yanked out of the sockets. That wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not good at all. Well, after that happened to you, your brother came home late one night and had an interesting experience. Tell us about that, please. Ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah, this one's kind of creepy to me. My brother, like I said, he was working at a factory job. This is my older brother again. He was working at a factory job, and, uh, well, it's, it's a town that's about an hour from here. The shift that he was working, he was getting back from work. I think he was getting off at like 2 in the morning, and he'd come rolling up at around 3 or so. And this night in particular, he was having uh, problems with his with his truck. He was working on it or something, and he didn't get it put back together before it was time for him to go to work. So he just borrowed my car. And so he takes my little car to work, and he comes back. And I'm sitting up, you know, watching TV or whatever, you know, because I'm kind of a night owl anyway. I'm sitting up watching TV, and I can see his headlights roll up in the yard. And I remember this night in particular, my mom wasn't feeling too good. I think had sinus problems or something like that. Nah, I'm, I don't know. But anyway, she was down at the other end of the house, and I think she was, like, just soaking in the tub or something. And I see the headlights from the car pull up, so I'm expecting him to come in, you know, immediately, because that's obviously what you do when you pull up in the yard. But he doesn't. He sits there. He sits there in the car for, like, an hour. I kind of assumed that maybe he was on the phone talking to somebody or something. You know, he had a cell phone on him or whatever. 
And so I didn't really pay much attention to it. I thought maybe he was, you know, I don't know, just talking to one of his buddies. So I hear the car door shut, and I hear him run from the car to the house, which is kind of weird because, you know, he's kind of a bigger dude, you know, and he just, you know, he, he he could move fast. You know, he's a pretty athletic dude, but, you know, it wasn't common to see him just take off in a sprint for no reason. So it was kind of weird. So he gets to the house, and he opens the door, and he looks just freaked out really bad. Which, which bothered me because he's not the type of guy that gets, you know, scared that easily. And he comes in the house and his eyes are just humongous and wide and he's really white. And he looks at me and he says, don't ever, ever go outside at night ever again here. And I look at him and I was like, what in the world are you talking about? What did, you know, did you see something weird? And he looks at me and he says, when I pulled in the yard, there was a monster standing at the bathroom window, looking in. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this 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 bathroom window he's talking about, you know, for if I'm standing on the ground next to this window and I put my arm all the way over my head, I can't reach the windowsill. And I'm like five foot ten, you know. And so I'm sitting there thinking, well, you know, what on earth could be looking in the window like that? And then it dawns on me, you know, it's probably one of these things. And so I asked him again, I was like, what do you mean a monster was looking in the window? That, that doesn't make sense. And he says, I don't know what it was, but it was a big, brown, hairy monster looking in the window. And it was almost the way he said it, you know, even him saying monster, it was almost like a scared little kid would say it. Which that bothered me a lot because the window this thing was standing at, he said that it just about had its face pressed up against this window. My mom was in there while it was standing there, so it was like three feet away from her, and there's no telling how long it had been standing there. And I was sitting there in the house, and I had no clue that anything like that could be around. So that, yeah, that was that was really disturbing to me. And he said that when it when he pulled up in the yard, you know, he slammed on the brakes when the when the lights hit it. He said that it didn't even look at him, but it just kind of turned around and just walked across the yard back into the woods, like it wasn't in a hurry and it wasn't it wasn't scared of him or anything. It just turned around and walked back into the woods. Did that burn you a little bit, the idea that this monster was out there looking in the bathroom window, checking out your mom like that? Well, we had the curtains closed on it. Well, you know, we, we had the curtains closed on the window like that, but it was yeah, it, it was just weird, because in my mind, you know, because there was a window in the room that I was sitting in, too, and in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, this thing, it, it comes up and looks in the windows at night and just watches us, and you never suspect that it's there because you can't see it. You know, it's just, you know, you, you're not going to burst open a window for no reason and look outside at night, and it, it, it just kind of hit me right then that, you know, these things have probably been coming up and watching us for a while. It was weird. It, it was just really weird. The idea of something like that looking in your windows at night like that, watching you when you've got no idea that they're out there doing it, is just so creepy. It's hard to get any creepier than that. That's not good. Oh, no. No. No, I didn't like that. 
this is the third experience you had had with Sasquatch. At some point, I would imagine you would almost jump to the conclusion that almost any tap on a wall, any creek outside, any strange happening is because of them. Did you ever reach that point where you almost were ready to call out Sasquatch whenever something out of the ordinary happened? Yeah, yeah, there was times where, you know, you get a little bit carried away with it, and you think, you know, every little thing that you hear, every time a dog barks or whatever, you know, oh, that's got to be what it is. Because I was getting to the point where I would go and I would sit outside for a little bit almost every night, and I would just listen. And some nights you could hear them, and you would know when they were around. You know, they would make, you know, the stereotypical whoop, like the whooping sound, you know, that doesn't sound like an owl or anything else. And you'd hear tree knocking, and then you'd hear noises that just sounded like just a straight-up gorilla or some kind of great ape or something. You would hear these noises, and you would hear several of them going back and forth. And if it was, you know, during times of the year that I was hearing that kind of stuff a lot when I was outside, and then I would get a lot more suspicious every time I heard something. I would think, hey, you know, it's, maybe it's one of these things up in the yard again, you know. But... Yeah, over the years, you kind of calm down from that, and you realize that not everything that makes a noise is going to be a Bigfoot out there, but it definitely makes you think, because, you know, you can hear something, you can hear a strange noise in the woods or something a hundred times, and only one of them has to be a Bigfoot for it to be there. <laughs> so, I don't know, it's, yeah, but that's right, you know, you, you, you do kind of tend to get carried away, especially when I was younger. Yeah, when it's dark out, especially all those times that we talked about when you were home alone, I can only imagine what that was like when you'd hear a strange sound outside on the porch or who knows where. Your mind would easily run wild in a situation like that, so no one could blame you. Before we move on, though, Jake, I want to talk about the description that your brother gave you of what he saw. I can appreciate the fact that it was dark out and hard to see much in the way of detail, but what kind of descriptions did he give of what he saw? Well, to be honest with you, it, I think it's something that's kind of traumatized him a little bit because I've I've never been able to get a whole heck of a lot of information. I know that he sat there and looked at it for, for a good few seconds, and he got a lot more detail than he's told me. But he just said that it was that it was just gigantic and brown and had long hair. He said that it had long hair, probably like four to six inches, and it was like a dark brown, and that it was standing on two legs. And that's just about all the, that's just about everything I can get out of him before he wants to stop talking about it. Whereas with you, this activity makes you more curious, and it draws you like a moth to a flame, wanting to find out more about what's going on, and about Sasquatch, but with this brother, it sounds like it's driving him away. Yeah, he he, he probably has a little more sense than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that's what's going on there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess people are different and they respond differently to different stimuli. If I've got my facts straight, this is not the same brother you were with when you're talking about that first encounter when that rock came sailing in. Yes, yes, that is him. Yeah, this is the same older brother that I was with when the rock got thrown at us. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah. 
Before we go on to the next experience you had, let's talk a little bit about your trips out into the woods to try and find them, or at least find out more about them. What can you tell us about what you do and what's happened out there when you were out there doing that, looking for them? Well, I had, uh, my dad had some topographical maps on a CD of this area. And, you know, you got you know, like a Google Earth and different things like that. So I printed off a bunch of maps from our computer. And I took a day that I got up, you know, just like at the crack of dawn, which is really weird for me. I'm not a morning person. I usually stay up all night just because that's usually the kind of work that I do. But anyway, on this day, I, you know, I got my stuff together the day before. I got geared up. I got, I got a pack together. I, you know, I, I had everything set up to where I could spend a few nights out in the woods if I had to. And I had these maps, and I just took off behind the barn. This particular patch of woods goes on and on and on. We're about like 15 or 16 miles from the Missouri border. And when you get to the other side of that, there it opens up to the Mark Twain National Forest. Ahorre tres puntos en Toyota of North Austin. Lleve a casa una nueva Tundra con financiamiento al 0% por 72 meses. Y compre en la tienda para asegurar nuestros especiales VIP. Vamos a superar cualquier oferta escrita de CarMax por mil dólares. Estamos renunciando a los pagos por seis meses en su préstamo o arrendamiento actual. Asegure el mantenimiento complementario por dos años. Además, no haga pagos por 90 días. 8400 Research Boulevard, ToyotaofNorthAustin.com. Llama al 512-537-8373 para detalles. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So other than, you know, there being like a few open pastures here and there, there's no like major towns or anything. It's just forest for miles and miles. So one day I decided to take off, and I go walking back there, and I went back. I probably went 10 miles behind the barn, and then I went to the left and right of that. I found a lot more stuff out there than I was expecting to find. I didn't, I didn't like find any tracks or anything, but I found all kinds of caves and springs and just different things like that. And yeah, it was, yeah, after walking around back there, it was obvious to me that there was plenty of room for anything to live back there and nobody would ever know. I mean, it's, with 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 all the open space I found back there that was completely untouched by anybody, I mean, there could be a herd of elephants back there and you'd never know they were there. You didn't explore any of those caves that you found, did you? Not really, because I just, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't have any experience with caves or anything, but some of them were, some of them were pretty good size. It was big enough for something to be staying in there. 
I did see that there were some bones of some different animals, kind of towards the entrance of a few of them. And I didn't necessarily, you know, jump to the conclusion of, oh, this must be where they stay and they drag the animals in there. But, you know, because smaller animals, you know, if something dies out in the woods, you know, it's 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 gone really quick. You know, there's, there, you know, millions of deers living out here in this area. It's just so thick. But you're not going to go walking through the woods and find a dead deer anywhere because when something dies, it's, you know, within a couple hours it's been scavenged and it's been picked apart and a lot of animals will find these caves and, you know, small animals will find these caves and drag the bones inside and that wasn't real unusual to me. But what I got from doing that was that there's plenty of room for anything to be out there. With that kind of room, I can only imagine... You mentioned that you went about 10 miles back behind the barn, but I'm still kind of unclear on how far back in these caves were that you found. Were they all the way back about 10 miles, or were they closer in? Uh, To be honest, I'm not sure the exact spot that I found them. If I was to dedicate a whole day again, I, I might could find them again. But I found dozens of different caves just kind of spread out all over the place. And, you know, these little spring-fed streams everywhere, and it was, yeah, it it, it was kind of nice back there, but it felt a little bit eerie at the same time, because I knew that if something was to happen to me back there, I'd be done. I didn't have a GPS or anything like that, but the caves that I found, they were, if I had to guess, they were at least five or six miles back into the woods. If you think about how fast these things can move, it wouldn't take them much time at all to make it from those caves all the way back to where you live, so I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that that's where they call home. Oh, no, and you know, when you just think about it logically, any animal or groups of animals that big, they're not going to be able to stay in one little square mile area and get all the food that they need, so they probably have a pretty large area that they hunt in and that they gather in and you know, whatever else they need to live off of. So they're, it's probably nothing for them to cover 20, 30 miles in a night just moving around as a group. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. If there are that many caves spread all over, I'm sure they know where every last one is, and I'm sure they make full use of every last one. Oh, sure. Yeah. I have no doubt that I myself, I don't know much about like the cave systems around here just because I haven't done a lot of research on it. So I'd feel hesitant to comment on that. But to these animals like that, they would know every square inch of everything out there. You know, cause that's how they make their living. You know, that's kind of their job to know where everything is. Oh yeah, if they don't, they don't live. So I'd fully expect that. Well, let's move on, Jake, and talk about this next experience you had. The next year, you and your mom were burning leaves and had something interesting happen. Please tell us about that. Yeah, we uh, we had been raking leaves for, for most of the afternoon. And we would uh, rake them all in a big pile, and then we'd just kind of set them on fire. And we'd, you know, of course, stay out there around it. We'd have our water hoses hooked up and everything, just kind of keep it, you know, in a little contained area. We have a pretty big yard here, and so the leaves that we had were, you know, it was a pretty substantial pile. So we uh, we wound up burning them into the night. It was probably, when this started happening, it was probably between 10 and 11, somewhere around in there, something like that. 
we started hearing commotion from the woods out behind the barn. And the commotion was getting closer, and as it would get closer, you would hear these noises coming from anywhere from four to six different directions. It was, you know, you could tell that it was from different things making the noises. And the only way I can really describe this in a way to make someone that wasn't there understand it, it sounded just like how a group of great apes would sound. I mean, it was making the most stereotypical monkey noises you ever heard. And you could hear them, you know, breaking branches, and you'd hear trees popping as, as they were breaking, you know, or like saplings anyway. And, you know, you hear these things moving, and they're kind of spread out over a wide area. And so we're just standing here listening to these things, and, you know, my, my mom's starting to get a little bit freaked out. She's like, I don't you know, I don't know what in the world that could be. I think we need to, you know, we we probably need to go in before, you know, anything gets any closer. And so we, you know, we're we're hearing these things, and I'm I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if it is these particular creatures, I wonder why they're making so much noise and why they're moving like this in a pattern. And then a couple of deer come out of the wood line, with a couple of does, which wasn't uncommon at all, because you know you see deer all the time up here; they're everywhere. I've I've, I've personally totaled three cars hitting these stupid deers that are everywhere up here. So. You know, we didn't think much of that, and the deers didn't really come towards us. They just kind of came out of the wood line and roamed around in the little bit of the open area that was between the barn and the house. And then they took off in another direction. You know, you're still hearing these monkey noises, these, you know, weird sound of monkey noises. And then you hear a deer just start screaming. And, it, 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 yeah, it, it, it sounded awful. I don't know if you, it, it's almost like, you know how you think like a sheep or a goat or something would sound if it got caught and it was scared. It was just screaming and making this horrible noise. And it was so loud. It was echoing off of the woods. And after the deer started making a noise, you didn't hear the, the ape sounding noises anymore. And this thing was just screaming and carrying on. And it did this for probably, I don't know, it. It seemed like it did it for 10 minutes, but it was probably really only like 15 or 20 seconds. And just in the middle of one of its screams, you hear a thud, boom. And then it didn't scream anymore. It was just dead quiet. And, yeah, so I turn around to my mom, and I'm like, did you just hear that? And as I turn around, I hear the door to the house shut on the other <laughs> side of the house. Because <laughs> she, she, she was done at that point. And, you know, cause I'm, you know, I was like, you know, 17 or 18 years old and she's like, you need, you know, she's screaming from inside the house. You need to get in here. I still give her grief about that today. <laughs> but yeah, that was to me what it sounded like is they were hunting a herd that, that they were hunting a group or a herd of deer at night and they were making so much noise trying to corral them into a certain area until they eventually got one. And I don't know if the thud that I heard was them picking it up and slamming it against a tree or if they hit it with a rock or something, but, yeah, they it was obvious that, that they got a deer and was holding it down, and then they killed it. So, yeah, that was, yeah, it, it was then that I started to get kind of more of a glimpse into how they worked and that, you know, it was most likely, 
if you take as a pattern the way other apes behave, it's most likely a family group and that they were out hunting. In the pre-interview when you told me about that and told me how you turned to say something to your mom and that's when you realized that at that very moment she was slamming the door to the house, <laughs> I yeah. almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah, that, that was pretty funny. I love that story. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. A few months after that experience, you and your younger brother were walking around the outskirts of your yard when something strange happened. Please tell us about what happened. I don't remember why we were out there. We might have just been out trying to listen to see if we could hear them. Because during certain parts of the year, you can almost set your clock by it. If you go outside at a certain time, if they're around, if they're, you know, in the, in the area close enough where you can hear them, you can hear them wood knocking and carrying on back and forth to each other. So we were just out walking around listening. And it, it was a pretty nice night. You know, the moon was out and it was pretty well lit. But it was also a little bit windy. And there was like some patches of clouds, you know. So at some times, the clouds would be covering the moon, and it would be, you know, fairly dark. But then the wind would blow, and the clouds would, you know, the clouds would go away, and you would be able to see better. So we're walking back and forth, because there's a driveway that kind of cuts through our yard and goes around off to another cabin that's kind of down the road a little bit that people live in from time to time. So we're walking on this road that's between our house and the barn. And from where we're standing, we're probably 30 yards from the barn. And I catch out of the corner of my eye, you know, we had been walking back and forth for, for maybe like an hour, you know. We wasn't necessarily trying to be quiet. We were just kind of, you know, talking and kind of bullcrapping back and forth here and there. Something catches my eye that's up against the side of the barn. Because there's, well, at that time at least, there was one sapling that was about as high as the barn was, like when you get to the roof of it, maybe like 10 feet high. And I can see the outline of it. I can see the shadow of it. 
and this was at a point where, where the clouds were covering up the moon. So it was a little bit dark. We're walking back and forth, and the wind's blowing, and I see this tree moving a little bit with the wind, and I, I didn't see it directly, but I saw it with my peripheral vision. There was something else next to the tree that was just as big as it was. And it was moving a little bit with the wind too. And the wind, when the wind would blow and that tree would move, then it would start swaying a little bit with the tree. And I was sitting there thinking, because it didn't make sense to me, because I was, I was thinking, yeah, I, I could have swore that there was just the one tree there. And so we stop and we're just staring at it. And we stare at it for a good few minutes. And then the wind blows and the clouds open up and the moon comes out again. And you could see it really good. It was, yeah, it was obviously not a tree. It had an outline, like a stereotypical Sasquatch-looking thing. It was just, it was really gigantic. It was like probably four or five feet wide. It was as high as the tree was next to it. It was like eight or nine feet tall. You could see its shoulders really well. You could see the outline of its head and its shoulders and. Yeah, because the the barn itself was painted red, and this was a lot darker than it was, so you could see it really well. And you could see its hands, and from from the grass that it was standing in, you could see from just below his knees up. And every time the wind would blow, he would sway with the wind a little bit, like he was trying to mimic a tree. And he was just standing there watching us. And other than him swaying back and forth, he didn't move. Any, he didn't make any noise or nothing. And he, I remember it, he, he, he didn't really have a neck. It was just kind of shoulders, trap muscles that went up to like where the ears would be. And then there was like a cone shaped head. And it was just standing there watching us. And I remember looking at it and just kind of being in awe about how massive it was. And I was, you know, sitting there thinking, I wonder how long it's been standing there, and I've just noticed it. And so we stood there, and we watched it for probably ten minutes, the both of us, and we didn't say a word to each other. It wasn't a situation where we felt like we needed to turn and run. But at the same time, I knew that it, it, if we took off and started running, as big as this thing was, there was no way that we were going to make it back to the house before it caught us if it wanted to chase us. So we just stood there and we watched it, and then the, the clouds rolled in again, and it concealed it a little bit better from the moon. And I kind of lost track of its shape after it got dark, and when the clouds uncovered the moon again, it was gone. But, yeah, both of us got a pretty good look at it, and we, yeah, that was the first time we really got to see what they look like. As far as that Sasquatch's appearance would go, how does it compare to the Sasquatch and the logo for the show? It's really similar. It's actually really similar. It was a little bit more of a slender build, but it was still just super massive. I mean, it, it, its muscular structure was ridiculous. It looked like it weighed no less than 700 pounds. I mean, it was huge, and it didn't look like it had any fat on it at all. You know, you could see that that it was very hairy, but you could also see like its like its delt muscles, its its shoulders, 
and its traps and its arms and its hands were gigantic. Its fingers looked like they were as big as my wrist, each finger. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy to look at it. Just thinking how big this thing was and how quiet that, that it could be and how it was almost standing that it was standing so close to us without any obstruction in front of it and just by how still it was being we almost did not notice it standing there it was just by chance i just happened to catch something out of the corner of my eye that didn't look like it belonged and there it was but it was just if i had to describe it in one word it was just massive when you finally noticed it standing there how close did you say it was to you we were standing in the road, and it was standing facing us, kind of against the side of the barn. So it was probably 25, 30 yards with nothing but maybe knee-high grass in, in between us and it. Yeah, that's too close for comfort. Through all this, once you finally saw it, did you ever notice any eye shine? No, I didn't. I didn't notice any eye shine at all from it. I could just kind of see the dark outline of the body. Oh, I see. Did you have any light sources behind you that might have reflected in its eyes anyway? No, I didn't because, you know, either if it's just me or somebody walking with me, I'll shut off all the lights, you know, like, like the porch light and everything, because I like to try to get my eyes adjusted to the darkness as, as well as I can, especially if it's a well-lit night from the moon. No, there was no other light. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, under those conditions, you wouldn't expect to see any eye shine, so that's no surprise that you didn't see any. In the pre-interview, you were telling me that there's a certain time of year that they come around and you'll notice activity. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, come to think about it, I don't know if it's just that they're around this area more during that time of year or if it's that I'm out at night more, but... It seems to be at around August to when winter sets in really well. You know, it, it's usually around August to whenever it starts getting, like, snow and, you know, ice and nasty weather like that because it seems like during the summer I don't ever hear or see anything and during the winter I don't ever hear or see anything. But it seems like, it seems like that's the sweet spot for this area starting in August and then going on until winter sets in. When they're not around, it makes you wonder where they go. Maybe they head back into that national forest that you mentioned that's about 10 miles back behind your property. Who knows? Yeah, that's something that's crossed my brain a lot, but it's like you said, there's no telling where they go. They could go up to Canada for all I know. I mean, they're smart enough to move in a way that you wouldn't ever see them because it, it, it's obvious that they're nocturnal and they're really good at hiding, and they can cover a great distance really quick, so there's no telling where they go. Or maybe they stay here all year round, and they just don't come out as much. That's something that I haven't figured out yet. Yeah, it sure does make you wonder. Moving on, the next encounter you had happened a few months after that. You didn't see it this time, but you said it was probably closer to you than this last encounter that we just talked about. Please tell us about that. Yeah, I had went out, I had a, uh, like a mag flashlight with me, you know, like one of the big cop lights. I had that with me, and 
for a while I was carrying a gun with me. My dad had bought me a forty four Magnum, and I would carry that with me when I went out. But I would notice that any time that I had the gun on me, I never heard or saw anything. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From them. And that was kind of my whole purpose of going out, was so I could maybe try to hear, maybe even see one again. And I had read some stuff online and some other people had mentioned to me that a lot of times with these really smart predatorial animals like this, like maybe a bear or a cat, but you, like maybe a big cat that you're looking for, if you have a gun on you, then these animals are smart enough to associate a gun with something that you can kill them with, you know, because an animal can obviously smell the gunpowder and, and the gun oil and with all the deer hunting and stuff that goes on around here, it wouldn't be a a stretch of the imagination for these things to have figured out that, hey, you know, you don't want to be anywhere around if you if you smell a gun. So after that, I quit carrying a gun with me, and I just carry like a big knife or something, which after seeing one of these things, I knew that, you know, <laughs> me with a knife wasn't going to do anything at all. It just kind of made me feel a little bit better, but it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have done anything to them fast enough before they got me, but... So I was just out with my flashlight and my knife, and I had been hearing stuff for the last few nights around this particular area, and it was a spot where the where the woods got a little bit thicker, because there was a, like a patch of wild berries out in this area, and I'd been hearing them out there. So I had my flashlight, and I sat outside for several hours, and when I started to hear, was getting a little bit closer, I got up with my light and I started making my way over to the area where I was hearing it. And when I first got up and went over there, I didn't intend to get this close, but it just kind of, it, it, it just kind of happened. Just the situation presented itself and I thought, hey, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get another chance to see one, so I'm going to try to do it while I can. So I make my way over where I'm hearing these noises from this one particular area, but it's a real thick vegetation in this area. So I'm making my way over to where I'm hearing these noises. You know, I'm hearing like, you know, branches break and different things like that. 
I've got my flashlight, I'm kind of creeping over to it, and it's not moving away from me. And I'm not to where I have a good look at it yet. But I know that I'm getting close to it because I can hear it moving around and it sounds really big, you know. So I'm kind of slowly, you know, as I can work up the nerve to get closer, I get closer and closer to it. And I get where I'm maybe between 10 and 15 yards away from where I know that there's something there. I, I can see the branches moving on the trees really high up and I can, I can hear it moving around and I hear it make little like monkey sounding noises every now and then or like a great ape sound. And I know that this thing obviously knows that I'm there, but it's covered up enough by the branches where I can't really see anything more than just a patch of fur move here and there, you know. And I go to take one more step. I told myself I'm going to take one more step towards it and see if it's, you know, because if, even if I can get it to run away, maybe it'll come out of the thicket and I can see it. And I take a step closer and something that was to my right that was closer to me than I was to this other thing. I mean, it seemed like it was just, you know, maybe five or six yards away. Something lets out this super deep, menacing growl, this low growl, and it, like, knocks down like a little tree that's next to me. And this tree hits the ground, you know, and it, it yeah. This, this little sapling, you know, is about big enough to, you know, maybe about the size of your forearm, you know. This thing snaps and hits the ground next to me, and this thing lets out this, this, you know, real bassy growl. And it was really similar to the growl that me and my older brother had heard the first time, you know, years before when it threw the rock at us. And I knew that I was, you know, I was sitting there thinking like, oh my God, this thing has like baited me in here with one of them and it's going to sit here and eat me or something. And this thing lets out this noise. And when I turned my attention to it, I mean, I didn't, you know, like walk towards it or anything, but I just looked that direction. And when I looked towards it, the one that was in front of me took off and it was just gone. And yeah, from the excitement of hearing the one that was in front of me take off running the other way and this other one getting my attention, I just, yeah, I just decided to turn around and head out of there. And I just hoped that nothing was going to chase me, but nothing did. But I didn't get a good look at the one that was really close to me. I just know that it was, I mean, it it was right there. And I didn't have any clue that it was there until it let out that noise and let me know. You know, it was obvious from the noise that it was making that it was like a warning sound. Like, you're getting too close, you need to, you need to leave. So I, I, I don't know if it's just like maybe, maybe one of the bigger, older ones. Maybe it's his job to be a lookout or something. And he'll stand there and make sure that while everybody else is out, Taking from the pear tree or eating from a berry patch, he'll, he'll sit there and watch and make sure that there's nothing around that can hurt them. Maybe it's his job to chase off anything that gets close. But yeah, again, this gigantic, massive animal was right next to me, and I never would have knew it was there unless it made itself known. It's obvious you're not fiend of heart, Jake, but at some point, did you? Start to second guess how smart it was to go out there looking for these things the way you were doing. Well, in that particular instance, if I knew how things were going to go down right then, I obviously wouldn't have went out there. But I was just, 
you know, I, I just really, really wanted to see one again. And I don't know, I just kind of got carried away a little bit. I just wanted to get just a little bit closer to see if I could see it. And I kind of deducted from the years before, you know, by how close that, you know, me and different people have gotten to it, that they didn't do anything, you know, that they would rather try to scare you off and maybe do like a bluff charge or something, but that it's not really their intention to just come out and hurt you, you know. But I think if, yeah, that's probably the closest I came to having one lay hands on me. Oh, I'd say it goes without saying. If they were malevolent, they had plenty of chances over the years to grab you and do you in. But the fact that you haven't been hurt after all these chances that they have had, I think that speaks volumes to the fact that they don't mean any harm. And apparently, they're not malevolent. They seem to be pretty good-natured. Yeah, and with a lot of the research I've done just on other great apes again, you know, I, I would put myself out in the woods as often as I could in areas where I knew that they would like to come in hopes of maybe them getting desensitized to me because I know what, like, a, like for instance, like a, like a group of silverback gorillas, they may be okay with one particular person coming around and getting a little bit closer to them than they would be someone that's a stranger to them, you know. So I almost wonder if over the years me going out all the time and not really ever doing anything aggressive towards them, if that made it to where certain ones of them, like maybe the younger ones, would let their guard down a little bit and let me get closer. But, it's yeah, I, I think with, with the one that has the real bassy deep growl, I think he's probably one of the older ones. And he's probably more wary of people. And I don't think that's one that you're ever going to gain his trust or anything. I think he'll always try to run you off. Yeah, if it is him, I'm sure he's lived more than long enough to know that humans aren't necessarily to be trusted. Some humans can be trusted, but I'm sure he realizes most can't. So I can't blame him for being suspicious. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's only natural for an animal, especially the older it gets to be less trusting of people. That's just in their instincts to not like being close to people. And when you think of the experience that it probably has with watching people, other great apes in the wild can live, you know, maybe 50 or 60 years, you know, they'll live a really long time. And with the thinking ability and the brain capacity that these things would have being so big, yeah, I, I, I don't see them being stupid. You know, if something's going to live that long and have that many years to learn, and it's already that naturally intelligent, yeah, there's probably almost nothing that they can't do and can't figure out. One day a few months ago, when you were feeling bad, you were home all alone when something strange happened. Please tell us about that. Yeah, this was not very long ago, but everybody else in the house had left, and they had uh, went off and were in town. And I uh, took some sinus medicine, and I went to sleep on the couch. I woke up to go down the hallway. I think I was, like, using the bathroom or something. But I woke up to go down the hallway, and I heard something slam up against the side of the house. And it, like, shook the house, you know. It was a huge thud on the sides of our house here. It's rock. You know, we have, like, natural rocks kind of surrounding the house. And it hit the house so hard that I could hear rocks hitting the ground. Like it knocked rocks loose, you know. 
And yeah, so I mean, you know, my, my mind immediately goes to, hey, you know, I wonder if it's one of these things back again, because at this point it had been a couple of years since I really heard anything. But then again, of course, I hadn't been going out as often either, because I just, you know, I got more responsibilities than I did when I was younger, and I just don't have as much free time to go out. But so anyway, I get really excited, and I'm thinking, I bet it's one of these things again. So I uh, grab a couple of things, and I get a ladder, and I put it on the porch, and I climb up on top of the house, and it's dark, probably around 9 or 10, and I sit up there on the house for maybe two hours, and everybody's still gone. It was only me there at the house. And I thought it was weird because, you know, we have a lot of dogs here in the yard now, and none of them were barking. They were being very quiet. But I could hear things moving around in the wood line and even sometimes closer than that. Stuff would move around in the yard. It was really dark that night. It was it was, it was overcast. You just, just couldn't see nothing, you know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I could hear something moving around, and it would sound like footfalls. Like, you know, it was heavy feet pounding the ground over around where we have a couple of pear trees. I couldn't see over there because it was too dark, but I would just sit there and I'd listen. And then it would be real quiet for a while, for maybe 30 minutes, then I'd hear something again. And so I wasn't really sure what to think of it because I obviously couldn't get a good look at anything and I was only hearing stuff here and there. But I sat up there for a while and you can hear the you can hear the car coming from down the road. You can hear it uh, hitting the gravel. You know, you hear the tires crunching the gravel. I hear that off in the distance, and I start to see the headlights from down the road through the trees. And as the car gets a little bit closer, I hear something over around the area where the barn is start making these loud whooping sounds and stuff like what I've heard before. It starts letting out these loud, like, half-screaming noises. And after it did that, whatever was up in the yard, there was three to four different things that were in the yard. I could hear them just take off in a dead sprint back to the woods, and they sounded heavy. You know, this wasn't like a couple of deers or something. You know, these were heavy, large feet hitting the ground in a two-legged pattern. You just heard them all take off back to the woods, and it took them no time to cover the you know, 50 or 60 yards they would have had to cover to get from the part of the yard they were in back to the wood line. It was just a couple of seconds, and they were all gone. And I was sitting there thinking, what, what, to me, what it what it sounded like would have happened was they were up in the yard eating from the pear tree, and there was one watching the road waiting to see when they were going to come back. And it makes me wonder... You know, if they have the intelligence to sit there and know when we're going to be gone and when we're going to come back, and they have the foresight to sit and 
set someone up to watch to make sure that no one pulls up in the yard and sees them. Yeah, that was that was kind of crazy to me. That was that was pretty neat. As from where I was sitting, I could hear it really well. And sure enough, as soon as the car started coming down the driveway, something let out a warning sound. I guess telling them that that everybody was home, and they took off back into the woods again. They were gone. Yeah, you seeing that, it sure makes you wonder how many times they do that when you're all gone and then you head back home and you're heading up the lane to get to the house, how many times they're there and take off like that so that you don't see them. Yeah, it's something that I didn't mention in the pre-interview, but since we lived in Cersei and we had the German Shepherd, you know, when we moved up here, we didn't have German Shepherds anymore. You know, we had a couple of them that we just kept as pets, but they were old and they kind of died off after after the first year or two. But since then, we just kind of have other kinds of dogs, just mutts and different things. And we had a Great Dane for a while. It was the really big, kind of stupid, playful dog. You know, I don't know if you've ever been around a Great Dane, but they're real, you know, they're they're real curious animals and they're kind of dumb, for lack of a better word, and they're just kind of fun to play with, you know. But we had this Great Dane, and it was at a time of the year that we were hearing these noises out there. And every time these things would come around and you would hear these noises, he would want to take off in the woods, you know, and you would hear him barking back there and making, you know, making noises like he was trying to chase something around. And he did that for about a week, and one day when he ran out there, he never came back. And we never saw him again. Oh, no. Yeah, it it makes you wonder if he was trying to be a little bit too playful with something he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, that just might be what happened. Yeah, I always hate to hear stories like that, but unfortunately they do seem to happen a lot. Yeah, I don't see these things, you know, putting up with maybe there was a juvenile in the group or something and it was trying to be overly playful and getting too close. And one of the big ones didn't like that. So I wouldn't put it past him at all to to take care of whatever they felt like they needed to to protect the group. Yeah, they probably don't see much difference between a dog like that and a wolf or a coyote, unfortunately. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. One morning when your brother got out of bed and started to head for the pond, I guess he was going to go on a hunting trip. Something strange happened. What happened that time? This was actually about about a week or two ago. He, uh, he got up at around four in the morning and he got his gear together and he was heading out to go to a little pond that we have that's kind of behind the wood line a little bit on the outskirts of the yard. He was going to go down there because he had set up like some salt mineral blocks and different things like that. And he had spotted a big buck down there before that he wanted to try to get. So he goes to, to head out there and I'm expecting him to be gone for, you know, several hours at least. And, he comes back about five minutes later, and he says, well, I guess I'm not going to the pond right now. And I said, why is that? He said, I guess I'm not allowed. And I kind of looked at him, and he said, as soon as I started walking down there, I got rocks thrown at me from like four different directions. I heard something growling at me. And I said, yeah, you probably don't want to go down there right now. But, <laughs> but yeah, he, 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 he has a bunch of stories of his own of stuff that he's seen when I wasn't with him. and I have another friend that came up over the weekend, and I was talking to him about this stuff because 
there had been some other times out here that different things have happened, and he had been with me. And he was telling me about stuff that had happened at his house that his grandparents had seen and just some different weird, creepy stuff that's went on. But he's got a bunch of his own stories, and my younger brother does too. Yeah, sounds like that eerie is just thick with them, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did have a collection of stories to tell. Not long after you had that incident where you got up onto your roof, you decided to go work out one night and something strange happened. Please tell us about that. Yeah. After I get home from work on my long nights, I'll get home at probably around 3 in the morning, and I'll head out to this uh, shop that we have. The shop is set up almost at like the same spot where the wood line is the very first time me and my older brother had something thrown at us. It's kind of just right there, you know. It's a pretty good-sized shop, and we have a bunch of free weights and workout equipment out there. And I like to go lift weights every night after I get home from work, so I'll just go straight out there sometimes before even come to the house. So I was out there. I'd been out there maybe an hour, you know, and uh, we have a window out there that's kind of facing the woods. And, of course, I got my fluorescent lights and everything inside of my little workout room. And I've been in there for an hour, and I was getting tired, so I leaned up against the window just to kind of catch my breath. You know, I had my arms up against the window sill, just in between a set or something. And I look up, and the darkness that was in front of the window moved. I mean, just, yeah, it was really weird, because I just assumed that it being dark outside, you know, it just looked like one big bunch of darkness outside the window. But it it's hard to describe, but the darkness right in front of the window moved and moved out of the way. Like, there was something covering the entire window that when I leaned up against it, my face was like two feet away from this, whatever it was that moved. When I looked up, it just stepped out of the way. And I could hear a crunch in the leaves, and yeah, that was that was pretty unnerving, because I have no idea how long it had been standing there watching me, and it was really high off the ground where this was. You know, this window goes up probably the top of it's probably eight feet from the floor, and it covered the entire window. It was broad enough to cover all of it, and I thought it was strange because usually I have a couple of dogs, and we have some puppies right now. When I go outside, they'll usually just follow me out there and they'll kind of just hang out around my little workout area while I'm out there. But none of the dogs followed me out to the shop that night. And I'm assuming that's why. So, yeah, I now have a tarp over that window. So. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of cuts the airflow on those hot nights, but I can't say I'll blame you. Yeah. I'll just get a fan or something. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a little too unnerving thinking that it was sitting there watching me. And I got to wondering because that's something I do just about every night. And I was thinking, I wonder how often it stands there and just, and just watches, you know, so evidently they're really curious animals and they just like to sit and watch people whenever they can. Yeah, that does make you wonder if they don't do that every night that you go out there. Yeah, yeah, that's crossed my mind. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. They do seem to be awfully curious, but living the lives they do, I can't say I blame them. They've got to be bored out of their wits out there, so why not do something like that? Well, you know, with them, 
you know, just just from the size and the intelligence they have, they would clearly be the superior predator or anything out here. I don't see there being anything out here in the woods that they would have to be concerned with being scared of. You know, I've, I've seen a couple of cats and I've heard some bears out here before and we got a big, about 250 pound mountain lion that comes through every so often. But to these things, I don't think they would even be concerned with something like that. So they probably just do whatever they want, basically. As long as they're getting enough food, I'm sure they just sit around and watch people for entertainment. Now, and there was one other thing I didn't mention in the pre-interview. We went, it was me, my wife, and my mom. We were out walking around, kind of on the outskirts of the yard, and there's an area where there's tall grass. And we went out there. It, it, it's a spot that we never go. You know, we we just never go over here because it's got some got some briar patches and thorns. You know, so it's not real fun to go out there. But we went walking around out there just to look, and we saw a few areas where something had laid the grass down, and these were you know really big patches where all the grass was laid down like something lays there, and when you stand. And one of these patches where, you know, something big had been laying there, you can see right inside the windows of the house when you're standing there. I know sometimes deers will clump together and lay in one spot, but this was five or six different spots around the same area where something really big just lays there and watches the house. So I don't know if it's them or what's going on, but... Yeah, that's that's something that's a little creepy to me. Yeah, that is creepy. I'd be surprised if it wasn't them. When you think about their M.O., I can't see how it would be anything but them. It wouldn't fit the M.O. of a mountain lion or a bear, so that kind of cuts down on the options. Oh, no, no. And, and just 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 the size of these areas that, that are laid down in the grass like that, it looks like like almost like a cow or something was laying there, but there's obviously no cattle out here, and I just can't think of what else would be that big that would lay there like that. Yeah, that is a creepy thought. The last experience I want to go over tonight is what happened about four years ago when you were sitting in your truck talking to your wife. What happened? Well, me and my wife, we were just dating at the time. At the time, she lived about two hours away. So I was sitting talking to her on the phone, and I just pulled up in my truck in the yard after work, and we were just kind of, you know, sitting there saying our goodbyes or whatever for the night. I had been sitting in the truck for maybe 10 minutes, and usually, you know, our little dogs will come running up to the truck when I get home, and they're all excited, but this time, nothing came up to the truck to greet me, you know, which I already thought was a little bit weird, but I, I was talking to my girlfriend, and so I was all excited, not paying attention to anything, so... I was sitting there for maybe 10 minutes after I pulled up in the yard, and I had the truck in gear, and I had the brake on. I had the emergency brake on. While I'm sitting there, something just slams into the back of the truck. The back of the truck was facing the woods. Something just slams into the back of the truck, and it slammed into the truck so hard that the truck slid like two feet. I had all the tires locked in, but the truck still moved. It, I mean, it, it, it felt like, you know, another truck had just slammed into the back of mine or something. So I whip around and I look and I don't see anything behind me. There's nothing there. So, yeah, that was 
that was disturbing. I don't know what else would be that big that it would just slam to the back of my truck that hard to move it. And I went outside the next day to look at it. After I eventually went in the house, I think I sat there for like two hours. But after I eventually went in the house, I came back out the next day and saw that there was a dent in the back of my truck. And it was just like one singular dent, like maybe the size of a football or something. Like one big hand had just pushed the back of the truck. So, again, I didn't see what did it, but just knowing that they're out there and knowing how they are, I'm not sure. Yeah, but that was pretty weird. Oh, I'd say. Sure makes you wonder what that was all about. It seemed to have a good reason for doing whatever they do, and for them to do something like that, it's kind of hard to understand. Yeah, I guess, again, if you try to compare them to other known apes, you know, you'll see, especially like a younger ape, it'll run up, and if it's something that it's a little bit scared of or it's not sure about, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for it to run up behind something and and hit it and then take off real fast and then turn around to see what it does, you know. So, I don't know, maybe it was just a curiosity thing or just to see what would happen, I, I don't know. Yeah, that does make sense. That might be what was going on. I guess we'll never know, though. It's about time to get out of here, Jake. I can't thank you enough for coming on and telling us about all these experiences you've been having. Well, I appreciate it. It was it was fun getting to talk about it in the appropriate <laughs> setting. <laughs> People don't look at you like you're a little weird or whatever, but yeah, it's been nice. I'm sure it wasn't all that much fun when you were living it, but yeah, to sit and talk about it has got to be a lot more enjoyable. Well, yeah, like I said, thanks again so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. All right, Vic. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. Have yourself a good night. You too, Vic. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for another episode of Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio with Vic Cundiff. If you've had a Sasquatch encounter and would like to be a guest on the show, please go to BigfootEyewitness.com and submit a report. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.